today uh, I would like to talk about again about the the uh, a third sphere of angels, and we talked about sphere one and two. And if you missed uh, any of these studies, you can go online, go to our website at passioncenter.org, and you'll be able to uh, find information there. Also, welcome to our um, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Periscope viewers. We are live right now from the Passion Center. It's a great joy to be here with you. We have a small attendance here uh, in Montreal, Quebec. And I know this broadcast is being watched in Congo by a great uh, group uh, of, of people in Kinshasa and many other places in the world that are uh, tuning in uh, every Sunday to watch us. So God bless you, and let's go to the message. Why don't we do that? Let's give a hand of applause here. to God bless you all in, in uh, Africa and other places of the world. Now, the, we, we've learned about these different spheres or categories of angels, because not all angels are the same. They're different. They're, uh, they look different. They have different roles. They have different personalities. Uh, some are uh, powerful angels, and they, they have swords. Uh, uh, they can defeat armies. Other angels are uh, very kind, and uh, they're, uh, it's hard to identify also if they're male or female. And uh, during uh, the early stages of the church, uh, people try to say that angels were male. Others will say angels are female. And that one of the things that we know that uh, they questioned Jesus about it. You know, they questioned Jesus about it. And asking if they, they, get, uh, they, will, they get married in heaven. And he said, you do, you're doing a big mistake. In, in heaven, there's no... Uh, no mating of angels. There, that doesn't exist. But, uh, but in fact, it's, it's registered in the Bible, and it's interesting. If you, if you read the, the, the Bible while I'm teaching about this, you'll find angels in so many places. That is, to me, astonishing that there's no more teaching in churches about this subject. Now, the, direct, uh, the first sphere are the direct servants of God. The second sphere that we talked about last week are the angels that rule elements. They rule uh, the earth. We talk about uh, two episodes in the Bible where uh, the, the, the shade of the sun went back. Uh, and, and so we don't know if it was the earth that stopped spinning, if it was the sun. But uh, in fact, that, uh, that happened and it's proved by science. And, and so these are the angels of... Uh, uh, of a uh, second sphere. So these are the nine spheres of angels, and this is a, 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 a depiction of icons. And um, uh, the, the Orthodox churches, they uh, have more teaching on this subject than the, the, the church, like the Roman church and other churches, and now the Protestant churches. But uh, the, these are depictions of those spheres. Uh, I know it's hard to see here. But uh, the third sphere of angels that we're talking today are the angels that help us. So it's the ones that appear on earth to help, help us. The other ones, they can show uh, also. And, uh, and it's sometimes hard to define them. Um, on our devotional, we just uh, uh, read the story of the birth of Jesus. When first there's an angel that's terrifying uh, to the shepherds that announces the birth of Christ. And right after this, there's a host of other angels that show up. And, and those were angels of the third sphere that show up uh, on earth. Uh, why do we know this? Because the gospel says it's from the high heaven. So it's a host from the high heaven. I'll finish the message today talking about the high heaven, also called third heaven in scripture. Now, Let's talk about these three categories of, of angels that come to help us. Category number one are principalities. They're called principalities or translated also rulers. And uh, these angels are assigned to protect. If they're fallen angels, they're assigned also to rule. And, and so scripture says that our, in our prayer, we uh, pray against those angels, the fallen angels, which are the principalities of darkness. But as there are principalities of darkness, there are principalities of light. Okay? And so, so these are 
the rulers, and they rule over regions, over a country, over a city, over a region, and uh, uh, and and so they they are assigned to do uh, this, and and uh, uh, sometimes they're seen with with the scepters or uh, something in their hand or a sword. Uh, when they, they show. So in Ephesians 1, 10 to 21 and Ephesians 3.10, there's description of these uh, uh, rulers. So Ephesians 1.21, it talks about Jesus that's far above all rule and authority. So rule and authority refers to this category. Power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Same epistle on chapter 3, verse 10. It says, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms talks about this category of angels. A, a second category on this third sphere are the archangels. And so archangel means chief angel. And and uh, ark it's a it's a Greek uh, uh, pronoun and and so on the English in the English language we say archangel so it's ark plus angels two words combined into one and so in in French archange uh, so it's the the same combination and there uh, there are two there are specifically mentioned in our Bible in the Bible that we use today. Uh, now, uh, the, the Bible that we use in our church, it's the Protestant Bible or the Evangelical Bible that contains an, uh, 60 books. Now, the, the Roman Catholic Bible has more books. And in one of the books uh, of the Roman Catholic Bible, there's another archangel uh, that is uh, mentioned. And, and, and so uh, I'm going to mention this uh, briefly. But um, we have um, uh, Michael, that's the, sometimes considered the only archangel. Uh, and we have Gabriel also, that's uh, an archangel. So these are very powerful, very mighty angels. But in Judaism, there are seven archangels. So the names are small there. If you want more uh, information about this, I can provide it to you. But um, uh, so the seven archangels, they say they were related to uh, every day of the week. Well, I, I don't uh, get it how they get one for every day of the week. But they, they associated their names with the, uh, with the day of the week in Judaism. So we have Michael for Sunday, Gabriel for Monday, Raphael for Tuesday, Uriel Wednesday, Salafiel, Raguel, Jeduel, and Barakiel. So these are the Roman Catholic names. And then if you want to check the slide uh, there uh, online and also here, those are the names in the Jewish tradition. So we don't know uh, how many they were, but um, uh, if you want more information about it, you'll have to read Apocrypha books. And uh, I mentioned uh, last week the book of Enoch that describes most of these uh, angels and what are their roles. Uh, so we don't need to know that, but if you're interested, uh, you can uh, study uh, this uh, subject. Uh, now, uh, then we have angels, the common angels. So, so, uh, so when we say angels, we think they're all angels, they're all angels. But there's uh, this category that uh, uh, it's angels that they cannot be cataloged by people that study these issues. <laughs> so when you study something... Um, that's a, a way that people uh, like to study. It's to organize things. So, so we, but we cannot really organize completely. Um, let me give you an, an example. Uh, how many of you have a dog? Just one person. I, I had a dog. The funeral was two weeks ago. <laughs> I had for 14 years a basset hound. Have you ever seen a basset hound? They're shorty, the, the legs are about like this, and they have a big body. They're big dogs with short legs and long ears. It's a dog. Now, uh, is it similar to a German Shepherd? But the German Shepherd is also a dog. Uh, a Rottweiler, it's a bit different. And uh, this week I saw 
here running around a French bulldog. <laughs> they're also different. They're very different, but they're all dogs. So I'm not calling angels dogs, but I'm giving you this as an example. As we have, uh, you know, a species, within the species, we have the chihuahua that's super small, and you have the Bouvier Bernois, and they're both dogs. They both bark. Uh, they cannot crossbreed, but uh, again, uh, but they're all from the same uh, species. Now, angels, they have more than one species, and within the species, they're all different. So th there's different angels. And, and so some are geographically assigned on earth, some are in heaven, uh, and, and then we have the fallen angels that changed also their characteristics because now they're not serving God's interests, but they're serving Lucifer and the kingdom of darkness. So um, we are living in, in this realm. Uh, that's the, we call it the natural realm. And then there's the spiritual realm. And they cross. And by the grace of God, sometimes we're able to see into the spiritual realm. Um, I, I don't know how many of you have seen angels. I have seen angels and I have seen demons. And uh, uh, sometimes we don't know if it's an angel or a demon. And I had this uh, experience of seeing uh, a presence, an angelical presence, and it's scary. And because it's scary, the, immediately we, uh, with our mind we reason and think this is a demonic thing. But it, it may not be demonic. It may be an angel from God. You know, when the shepherds saw the angel, they were terrified. They were scared. Not just scared. They were in panic. You know, they were just uh, thinking, you know, we're going to die. And then the angel had to calm them down and say, hey, I'm a good guy. <laughs> you see, because for, for us, if we see in the spiritual realm... Something that we're not accustomed to, we get scared. And then we have all the Hollywood movies and all the fantasy things, and we uh, think about aliens or whatever. Uh, I happen to think that um, most of the uh, alien sites are angelical sites, uh, but that's just me. Don't, uh, don't quote me uh, on this. But, uh, but I know that we're able to see into the spiritual world. And, and in this category, we have the guardian angels and all kinds of angels. So in the, in the, the Bible, the word angel in uh, uh, Hebrew, it's the word malachim, malachim, and, uh, and, uh, or malachim in English, but it's like, it's a <laughs> Malachim, uh, I think I, I said it close, I don't know, <laughs> maybe you can help me. In Arabic, Malak, so, so Arabic which is close to, it's a close uh, language, Malak, and so in uh, Greek it's Angelos, uh, Angelos, uh, and so from Angelos we have then the, the word that comes um, to us in our uh, contemporary languages. And, and, and so the, 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 what we call just angels are like the lowest uh, or the most common form of, be, of, of angels. And so they have also a structure, an organization. Some are more powerful. And we tend to think that the archangels are really powerful because one archangel is able to stop all the hosts of demons, Lucifer included. <laughs> so just one. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and from this, when we have the understanding of this, we're not afraid of demons. I'm not afraid of demons. I'm not afraid of Lucifer. I'm not afraid of any of these things. People sometimes try to scare us. I remember the first church that I pastored, uh, the witches in the region uh, came to my house and they would put ashes from the cemetery at my door and they would put little voodoo dolls around. And, uh, and I just laughed at that because, because I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But if it was someone that doesn't know Christ, they will be like shaking. Oh, you know, it's, uh, and they think people that watch horror movies, they think that's for real. 
and it's not for real. There's bad stuff, the, 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 the horror movie stuff, it's, it's things that we shouldn't watch because we need to protect our mind from that kind of deceit and lying. Uh, lying deceit. So, uh, so there's many different kinds of these angels. So I mentioned the birth of Christ uh, in, uh, on the devotional. If you didn't watch the devotional, you're watching now uh, uh, online. So in Luke 2, chapter 8 to 14, describes like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and uh, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Notice now, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And we've sang this on Christmas songs, and it's kind of in the back of our head, and we don't think about it. But notice what's happening here. The angels are praising where? On earth. However, they see, the shepherds, they see something. It's revealed to them that it's called the highest heaven. What is this, the highest heaven? We, we call heaven to the place where God dwells. In fact, the place where God dwells, it's not just heaven. It's the highest heaven. Also referred by uh, Paul and other um, uh, accounts from uh, the beginning of the church as third heaven and also referred in the Old Testament, uh, not in the Old Testament, but uh, in writers from the time of the Old Testament also referred as third heaven. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this, but I would like to mention this passage because it's one of the most famous passages in Scripture with angels. And uh, we, we often don't think too much about it. But the, the angels that showed up are from all the spheres. So all the ranks of angels are there to witness something. The birth of the Messiah. So it's, it's a very meaningful uh, uh, thing. And, and, and so there's representation from, from the scientific community, the Magi. The Magi are the scientists of the time, the most advanced uh, uh, astronomers, and uh, we will say astro astronomers because they were astronomers and uh, astrologists. They, they studied the stars, and they studied the Earth, and they saw uh, a sign. They tried to investigate. They find writings of a scientist named Belshazzar, which is known in the Bible as Daniel. And Daniel had very many disciples, and Daniel prophesied, when you see this, this will happen in a few centuries, you will know that uh, the king of the earth, the king of the world, has been born. And so they wanted to see it, and they traveled there. And, and so it's a very important event, and, and the angels are there to represent uh, heaven, and, and so there's a, a, a convergence of all the spheres of angels and all the spheres of, of mankind there. It's a humble birth, but it changed the world forever. It changed you, and it changed me, and so it's, it's really important. Now, let me move again to the angels, and I told you there's only two archangels that are uh, named in scripture, uh, the two angels. They happen to be archangels. So one is Michael, which is mentioned in Jude and in Revelation and Daniel. So Michael is a very powerful uh, angel, so it's considered an archangel. And then Gabriel uh, is also mentioned in, uh, in the book of, of Daniel. So these are the only two names of angels that are mentioned in, uh, in our Bible. 
Then all the other ones, Raphael, it's mentioned in, the, in an apocrypha book, and, and it's mainly from the Coptic uh, churches, Orthodox churches, Middle Eastern churches that we have all the categories of angels, uh, and also the Muslim religion, they name a few different angels. So uh, again, these are the, the, the nine categories of angels in three spheres, so each scholar represents a sphere, and we learn uh, about this. And so throughout the Bible, we see this mention of angels in practically uh, every, uh, not in every book, but practically every book. So the word angels appears 285 times in the Old Testament and 177 times in the New Testament. So that's a lot. It is a lot. So, so it's, it's mentioned. And we, we should learn about this because angels didn't disappear with the advancement of science. So that, that's what the devil wants to convince people. It's that, uh, uh, and, and uh, in the demonic sphere and in this world, most people believe in angels, but they're confused because they think demons and angels are the same. And in fact, they're, they're the same, sort of, but they're in different kingdoms. So there's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of God. Today we see many politicians that uh, worship demonic uh, uh, presences. And um, I don't want to go into politics, but uh, uh, even recently in the previous, not this American election, but the previous one, uh, we had a lady that run for president that worships uh, uh, in a satanic temple. And, and so as Christians, we need to know these things. Because if someone is worshipping a goat with horns and they're sacrificing babies, that's not a good thing. But Christians are so ignorant of these things that they'll say, oh, that's just, you know, it's the, the National Enquirer that is posting this. Well, we need to be aware of these things and we need to have our eyes open. And again, our fight is not against people, but we fight the kingdom. And so we need to fight the ideas, be aware of this. And we are called with the same mission of Christ, establish the kingdom of God. So we do it nicely. We're not fighting people, but we're very dumb if we're, uh, you know, uh, electing people that are against us, against the kingdom. So you need to decide if you're a Canadian or an American or uh, uh, from any country, or if you're a citizen of God's kingdom. So uh, it's very important when you come to Christ to understand, yes, I belong to a earthly nation, but there's a higher call. I am called in my nation to establish the kingdom of God. So let, let me move from here, but this is uh, really important. Now, I'm going to conclude this uh, message by mentioning the third heaven, so, which is called the highest heaven. In Deuteronomy 10, 14, we read the following, To the Lord your God belong the heavens and the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. So uh, over here on the right, if you want to Google this, Google um, uh, 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 graphics, Larkin, 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 L-A-R-K-I-N, Larkin. Larkin is a, a scholar from uh, the 19th century that did a lot of graphics, uh, and uh, and so he depicts here. Uh, this is uh, like what we call hell, Tartarus, the unknown world, uh, paradise, hell. And so then this is the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. So it's very interesting if you want to read about it. Also Solomon, when he prayed to, de to dedicate the temple in 1 Kings 8.27, he said, But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. And, and, and so, so um, when we study this, uh, these will be the, the three heavens. So the first heaven you see there, that's planet Earth. And the first heaven, we call it atmosphere. Atmosphere. 
So it's where we still have breathable air. So it's it's where life, uh, as we know it, can survive. So it's a very thin layer uh, that we call uh, as the first heaven. So it's where we, you have birds, you have all this, and then you have the second heaven, which is space. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> so that's the universe. It's bigger than the first heaven, right? A lot bigger. <laughs> in, in, our, in our mind, well, we look at the stars. And then you have third heaven. And third heaven is, is the place where God dwells. Okay? And, uh, and so there, there's, it's three heavens. So when we say grandma died and went to heaven, which heaven are we talking about? We're talking about the higher heaven. Didn't went to space unless you spread the ashes from a spaceship. But <laughs> you know what I mean. There's these, the, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm trying to, to get us to understand this uh, concept. So in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul uh, has a very mysterious quote where he says the following. He says, I know about one of Christ's followers who was taken up into the third heaven 14 years ago. I don't know if uh, the man was still in his body when it happened, but God certainly knows. And then he says, and he saw things that, it, that are unspeakable. We're not allowed to talk about these things. It's a very mysterious scripture. So uh, studying the scripture, most people agree that Paul is talking about himself uh, as, as this man. So because he's a humble man, he doesn't want to bring any type of glory to himself. And while he's talking this, there's a movement uh, called agnosticism. The agnostics were people that told stories in order to prove something. Okay, let me bring this to our days. How many of you have been in a church service where people don't open the Bible and only tell stories. Any of you? Okay. So they tell stories. And stories can be like, oh, I went to Africa and we prayed for that person and came to life. Hallelujah. And then a next story. Oh, and I had a confrontation with the witch and I rebuked the demon and the demon fled. Now, fourth story. And then... Story after story after story, well told. And so this elevates faith. And then they will pray for people. All right? Sorry to disappoint you. This is not called Christianity. It's called agnosticism. In a, in a modern form, in the Christian flavor. Because in order to preach the gospel you need to kind of read the gospel and teach from the gospel. These stories are okay. But in the time of Paul, there was tons and tons and tons of teachers that had to teach like this. Why? Because the New Testament didn't exist. Are you following me? So they, they had uh, uh, reports. Or they will tell stories. And they will say, oh, uh, and Jesus came to um, uh, Gethsemane and he was praying and I was there because there were some eyewitnesses. But some will say, oh, I'm friends with Peter that was there. And he told me that Jesus sweated drops of blood. And so, so that, this is the way how they shared the gospel. They, they didn't share from a book like we do today. And, and, and so when Paul is telling this uh, account, he's actually writing it. Because he's putting it on a letter, sending this letter to the church of Corinth. And he wants to be very careful not to be identified with people that at the time were telling stories that weren't the true story. Uh, and, and so uh, 
the early church had to assemble then the early writings and decide this one is, is real, this one it's a bit stretched. And that's why we do not include in the evangelical or Protestant Bible certain books because we think this is stretched. When I was raised as a Roman Catholic at the Roman Catholic um, uh, church, uh, they had their Sunday school, uh, 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 and I was told that Jesus did animals in clay, like he did birds, and then he threw the, the birds in clay to the air, and they, they started to fly away. And that's part of the Roman Catholic teaching, the normal teaching. It's not in the Bible. Did it happen? I don't know. It's a story. But in the early century, there were so many agnostics that they had these stories. And to back up their stories, they will say, oh, and an angel appeared to me. And they will tell all these stories to be believable. It's like when, when I told you about church and services where people tell stories. They will bring a famous person to, to prove that they're believable. They will say, oh, this famous uh, preacher, uh, you know, laid hands on me and commissioned me to be, you know, the new uh, Billy Graham. And, and so they will tell these stories. And so Paul doesn't, I, I'm spending a little bit of time here, I know, but I want you to understand the verse. Paul doesn't want to identify with this. So he decides to say, I know of a man 14 years ago that had this experience. He went to the highest heaven or the third heaven. If in body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. The detail of the story leads us to believe it's him. But it may be another person. But the, the, what happened here uh, was something very special. And, and again, in the second Corinthians, um, when, when Paul is talking about this, he said 14 years ago. So historically, we, we can place this um, in a trip because we, we know from Acts chapter 9, when uh, Paul had an encounter with the Lord uh, and uh, what happened in his life. We tried to figure out where did this happen. But, uh, but the important thing that we need to understand from this scripture is that there is a place called the highest heaven or the third heaven, which is the place where the throne of God is. I started this study talking about Isaiah 6 of the encounter that uh, Isaiah had with God at the throne room. That was the third heaven, the highest heaven. It's where he sees the throne of God. And there's the angels, there's the seraphim, there's the cherubim, and, and there's a multitude of angels there. And, uh, and Isaiah uh, was there. Was it personally or in spirit? Again, we don't know, but he was uh, taken uh, there. So uh, as we see um, heaven being mentioned in scripture, uh, sometimes we, it's hard to identify. Is it talking about heaven, the place where God lives? Or is it talking about heaven, the stars? Uh, because when we read Genesis uh, uh, chapters, the first chapters of Genesis, uh, we see that God divides darkness from light. There's a separation. Now, how can this be done? Because you see there's a light here. Now I'm under this light. And uh, if I move to certain areas here, there's less light. But there's light. It's not separated. So, but God separated. Uh, and uh, this separation, I believe, has to do uh, with uh, spiritual uh, matters. Uh, in verse uh, 8, uh, also in Genesis, we see that uh, uh, in heaven, there's birds that fly. W what heaven? The second uh, heaven. So uh, uh, th these are things that are identified. Another concept uh, of heaven... Uh, also in, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce this in Hebrew, uh, Shmai or Hashmahim. Uh, it's the heaven of heavens uh, that's mentioned in Genesis 28, Deuteronomy 10, 1 Kings 8. And so so we, we have also all, uh, all these locations and, and uh, the name heaven used in, used in a broad 
way. Um, again, I, I really don't like when I preach to mention Apocrypha, but in the second book of Enoch, uh, third heaven, it's described in a, a location as between cor corruptibility and incorruptibility. He says uh, in this book, says it's where the tree of life is. Uh, and, um, and, and so again, um, we know that when God created Adam and Eve, there were two uh, uh, important trees. One of them was the tree of life. There's another tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So, and because they ate from the wrong tree, the uh, access to the tree of life uh, was um, uh, kept from them. And it says that there's an angel with a sword of fire that keeps them of going to the tree of life. The tree of life uh, was the source of everlasting life. Okay, uh, when Jesus came with the message of the kingdom, he says, he who believes in me will have a stream coming out of their interior that will burst into eternal life, meaning that if you are in Christ, you have everlasting life. You know what it means? It means that now you have access to the tree of life. When we get to heaven, we'll have access to the tree of life. That's the difference between the saved and the unsaved or the lost. If people lived in sin, they still have no access to the tree of life. But in Christ, when you're washed in the blood of Christ, you will have access to the tree of life. And you'll see, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, it's not St. Peter at the door. Peter is not at the door. Okay? That, that's a myth. That's a story. But the Bible says that the angels divide between the good guys and the bad guys for them. Let's put it this way. It's not that we're better than anyone. But um, like if you were talking to shepherds, you'll say one side <clears throat> we have sheep and the other side we have goats. So the sheep are acceptable, the goats are not acceptable. Now if they're all together, how, how are we going to separate the sheep from the goats? And, and so Jesus says the angels of God do this separation. So when we finish our life here on earth... Angels will guide your soul to the right spot. Amen? So those angels are guiding your soul to heaven. In heaven, you'll have access to the tree of life. All right, so uh, I, I'm preaching a little bit about heaven. I'm finishing with this Bible verse. My last Bible verse, and I'm finishing. The, uh, I could teach on this for, for years in a row. But First Thessalonians 4 16, talking about the end times, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Read this scripture. This, this is talking about life and death. I uh, very often read this Bible verse when I'm asked to do a funeral uh, because it talks about the afterlife. And it continues talking about it. But notice the, the, the aspect of angels in this scripture. It says that the Lord himself will descend. Now, let me tell you this. In the Old Testament, the Lord, Jesus Christ, is many times mentioned as the angel of the Lord. And uh, how do we know it's an angel? And how do we know it's the Lord himself? Uh, you know, when people saw the vision, they had a hard time. And so many times they wrote the angel of the Lord. It's like when Isaiah has an encounter with God. First, there's an angel that talks to him. But then there's a voice from the throne. And uh, reading the whole passage, it's sometimes hard to understand so is the angel the Lord or is the Lord the angel? So sometimes in scripture, um, not always, but when you read the angel of the Lord, uh, it's referring to God himself or we think to Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the angel of the Lord. What does it mean, the angel of the Lord? The messenger of the Lord. So Jesus Christ came to bring the message of God. God himself brought the message. <clears throat> and he was made visible in human form. So he was born among us. And that, uh, that's why he's mentioned also as being the angel of the Lord. He was not an angel. He was born uh, from a woman, from a virgin. He was born here on earth. But he's called the angel of the Lord. So it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven. There's a noise. There's a shout. And the voice of the archangel. So there's a, a, the sound of the voice of the Lord, the sound of the voice of the archangel, and the sound of a trumpet. Three different sounds. They're all loud. It's kind of when we sometimes do worship here, and you have an electric guitar, which is very loud, and we have the keyboard player competing, and he cranks the volume, and then we have... Uh, uh, a bass player that says, I cannot hear, I cannot hear. And he cranks. And, and so everybody cranks the sound, gets to a point, and we're trying to listen to anything, and it's so loud that, uh, that we just cover our ears. But the three instruments that I mentioned are here. Here are three sounds that will be heard announcing something. And it will be so loud that the dead in Christ will rise. <laughs> All right. Who are the dead in Christ? We are. If we're, if we're dead in Christ. Or if we're alive in Christ, we come after. So we need to read the, the, the... There's a verse after that says, first the dead in Christ, then us that are still alive. So I don't have the, the, the whole passage. But I, I wanted just to quote this as our last scripture. To let you know this, yes, we're called to preach the gospel, but the final move of God, it's not done by mankind. It's God himself. It's God himself. The final move, God does that move. And he's not alone. He brings the third heaven, the heaven of heavens, all these trumpets uh, with, uh, you know, announcing something. It's like, when uh, uh, th there was a World War II, all main cities in Canada had a siren, like a, a loud noise. Um, th there were never German attacks in Canada, but there were, there were these, uh, uh, these devices. Like here, when the fire alarm goes on, it's those two red uh, things on the wall. And it's so annoying that we need to get, get outside. Uh, if and uh, last week went on and and we had to go outside because it's so loud, but it disturbs what we're doing. So when God comes, it's going to disturb everything. Everything is going to come to a halt. And I have good news for you. If you're on the Lord's side, here's the time of redemption. That's going to be super exciting. Oh my goodness. You know, the Lord coming and all the earth will see this, uh, this event. And, and it's going to be supernatural. We'll have our eyes open. And many times I had people asking me, well, if God is real, why, why doesn't he show up and show that he's real? Because we're in the process of selection. And we're all selected. God calls everyone, and then from those that he calls, some are chosen. And how, are we, how, how does God do the choice? It's the way we react to the message. When you react to the message and say, yes, I want to be part of this kingdom. I want to, be, I want to join God, and I want God to join me. When you do this, you just do a simple prayer. You accept the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary. And when you do so, what we've learned on the first verse of this, uh, that we read this, uh, on this message, when we confess Jesus before men, God confesses you before the angels uh, of God. 
And uh, actually, uh, God wants to do something special in our lives and help us to grow to the full measure of Christ. You can count on the angels of God to protect you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Listen, our life is in God's hands. We're in this season where people, some people are afraid to leave the house because of this deadly virus. Uh, I'm not afraid. I take precautions. I don't do silly things, but I'm not afraid. And my prayers have been answered so far. Since March, I prayed. We will not have COVID on this room. We will not have COVID in any member of the church. No one will be attacked. We will all be spared. That's my confession. I pray this for you every day, for people that come here. Can it happen? Yes, it can, because we live in a world that is corrupt. But we do this prayer, and I trust that the angels of God are keeping me for, from going to the places that I shouldn't go and from touching stuff that I shouldn't touch. And, and so when I leave the house, I live in prayer, and uh, 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 as I pray and communicate with God, sometimes I, ne I need to go to Dollarama. I go to Dollarama, and I'm sensitive to the Lord. First, I try not to touch everything. I just touch the bare minimum. But it happened to me, being there, I was going to buy something, and I felt from the Lord, don't touch that. And I just moved. And, uh, and it was one of the things that I wanted. But I just felt. Now you can say, oh, you're crazy. Call me whatever you want. <laughs> I, I know that God will guide us in these small little things. Or sometimes you may think, oh, I'm going to meet this person. And you feel, don't go. Just pick up the phone and say, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not going to work today. Another day. Be sensitive because God talks through his Holy Spirit. But his angels are also around whispering stuff. You know, whispering angel, it's not just the name of a drink, <laughs> of a wine. Whispering angel, it's a reality. God sends his angels to talk to us. Let's just stand. I want to pray with you. Um, I wanted to conclude this so I can then two messages in one, and I hope you've learned something. How many of you learned something today? All right. Okay. Uh, now, I could have talked about prayer to angels, about many subjects. Should we pray to angels? Should we do this? But my goal today is just to call your attention to the spirit world, to the spiritual realm, and to, to let you know you're not alone. And God has powerful angels that he sends to protect you, to guide you, to keep you, to not allowing uh, your death to happen before time, but bringing that edge of protection around you. God is real, and the angels of God are real. They're here with us. We don't see them, but they're around. But God can open your eyes supernaturally, and you, you're able to see, you know, these, these angels. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. And if you want to see an angel, just ask God. <laughs> Why not? God, I want to see an angel. Ask God. Maybe you'll see one. Maybe you'll see a dozen. Maybe you'll see the hosts of angels, like Giazi we talked last uh, two weeks ago, that his eyes were op open, and he saw, oh, these are chariots of fire, chariots of fire, chariots of fire all, all around. <coughs> I don't know how we'll see angels. Maybe we'll, see, we'll say, oh, look at that. You know, it's rockets of fire. I'll say airplanes of fire. Or we'll say, oh, that's a spaceship. It's not a spaceship. <laughs> it's the angels of God. Or it's just a, a glow or whatever. But if, why not ask God? I've asked God and it, it worked. With, in my case, I asked God. I said, God, I would like you know, to, to see you. And I didn't see God, but I saw an angel. <laughs> and uh, and uh, again, you may say, oh, uh, you're crazy. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. 
so we all have our relationship with God. Some people believe in these things. Some people, they just don't believe and they're missing the point. Because one day, you'll have your last breath. <laughs> and when you have your last breath, there will be an angel or several angels taking you in a special flight. Make sure the flight takes you to the right destination. And in order to arrive to the right destination, you just have to do one thing here on earth. It's say, God, I am a sinner. Forgive me. Just wash me in the blood of Jesus. Teach me to walk in your ways. And as you do so, it's very exciting. Your life will never be the same. Doors will open for you. God will bless you. And I'm praying right now in Jesus' name for all people that are watching us online and here in, at the Passion Center. God, I thank you, Lord, for the ministry of angels. I thank you also, God, for uh, what we've learned during these uh, weeks here at the Passion Center. And Lord, I pray that this teaching will not be just for the sake of knowledge. But truly, Lord, when we have angelical encounters, that Christians will not be afraid that they will know, God, that you watch over us, that you send angels to keep us, to keep our family. Oh, Lord, to bring protection over our lives. And I thank you, Lord, also for that day when the trumpet will sound, when the voice of the archangel will shout, and when you, Lord, will come to pick us up. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that day. Uh, may it be soon, Lord. And we, we say as a church, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and the Lord just bless your children. Bring us to that place where we all have oil, where we all have carry your light. And in Jesus' name, that your anointing will come every uh, uh, single Christian, every single person here on earth. So, Lord, we also want to carry your message. We know that angels announced the birth of Christ, but now we're called to announce Christ. And Lord, in Jesus' name, use us in this world so that will pierce the darkness and will divide darkness from light. And that will bring your glory into every situation, every place. Lord, bring salvation.